everybody to another exciting episode of the Kentucky Podcast Massacre, Louisville's premier paranormal roundtable comedic, 112 Ocean Avenue podcast. I am your host as always, Sean Wolf Party Martin. My name is Theodore Terrence Ray Jackson, back from the dead summer. He's back this week, everybody. <laughs> I am ruthless and I am mentally ill in Amityville. I'm Kentucky Corey and Ruthless stole my fucking line. I know nah. what I was going to say. <laughs> we got Jay Styles here as always. <laughs> Jamie! <laughs> Executioner. The destroyer of mobile games. Princess of Pretty. She is leveling up right now. <laughs> Princess of Pretty. <laughs> with her lime green hoodie. And we also have sitting in with us tonight, we have Teddy's Love Bunny. That's, that's my little baby poo, my little cutie patoo, Ashley, the hot, hotness, beautiful lady, Morris. She's white and has a nice job. And she's got a fantastic Jeff Goldblum shirt on. <laughs> Super exciting. The bloom. And you know what? Today is a very special day. It is. No, it's not. I got a Coke Zero. Celebrate, everyone. Teddy's got a birthday. Coke Zero. Birthday. It's your birthday. Uh oh. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> Thanks, children. <laughs> Happy Father's Birthday. May I please have a macaroni handprint now? I will make Aww. you a macaroni picture <laughs> later. In the shape of tonight's episode. Of <laughs> what is that shape like? A it's shotgun? Yeah. <laughs> it's yes. shaped like a weird house that looks like it has eyes. Mm. Yes. Upstate uh, New York. The house has eyes. Sure has a 3D printer. Yes. Of course, tonight's episode is about the infamous, the notorious, the famous Amityville Horror. And if you open up a dictionary and look up Haunted House, chances are this will be at the top of the list. It is the most famous haunting uh, probably ever. And you know, some of the circumstances that happen with this are very incredible, sometimes credible, but maybe fabricated for the most part. We're going to get into that and we're going to talk about the truce and the fakery and we'll leave it up to you as always, the listener, to determine what you feel is real and what you feel is fake. So the Amityville Horror House is located on 112 Ocean Avenue. Still stands today and I believe it's on the market now and it can be yours for the low, low price of $1.1 million. You have to pay extra for the poltergeist. It's actually now 108 Ocean Drive. They've changed the house number. Oh. And they did some remodeling some years back. It doesn't even really look like the same house anymore. I mean, it's got a weird shape to it. It's an old Dutch colonial house uh, situated in upstate New York. Amityville, New York, of course. A very upscaled neighborhood full of Italians, nonetheless, probably. I don't know, more so now. It's probably fucking baby boomers and fucking Generation X moms and dads. But I mean, like, the Dutch colonial style is pretty common in that area. Oh, yeah. So let's get into the whole fact of the matter. This is an actual fact that maybe preceded into the infamous haunting that we all know of today, the Amityville Horror. Uh, back in 1974, November 13th, uh, the family called the DeFeos lived there. There was a big Ronnie DeFeo, the big, you know, traditional Italian father. 
the mother DeFeo that lived there, and there was Don DeFeo, which was the older sister. Uh, she had was it two younger brothers? Yeah, there was um, there was Don, Allison, Mark, and John Matthew. Okay, there wasn't no uh, Joey DeFeo mm-hmm. or no uh, Tony DeFeo. It's an Italian family, or so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe they should have more Italian names. Like Tony. Anthony Castro Giovanni. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There wasn't no Mama Luke DeFeo? No, there's a Luis. Luis DeFeo, the mom. Okay, Mario Luis and DeFeo. Luigi. Mario and Luigi DeFeo. So the DeFeos took up residence in the infamous Amityville house. And all seemed well until the night of November 13th, 1974, when the oldest son, Ronald DeFeo Jr., took a Marlin 35 caliber caliber rifle, which is loud as fuck, and systematically went from room to room one night at 3 in the morning and shot his family as they lay sleeping on their stomachs in the bed. And the interesting thing is later they would... You know, come to realize the neighbors did not hear any gunshots and none of the family members woke up during this. And Don was the only one that was shot in the head. Oh, she got the special treatment. Everybody else mm-hmm. was shot, you know, in the back. Execution style, basically. Execution style from room to room. The big ass giant rifle as they slept. So after the murders, Ronald DeFeo would run down the street to the local bar about a block away and scream, Help, help, my family's dead! And I believe one of the patrons... Does he sound like Bob Dylan? That's <laughs> not Italian accent. My family's dead. Help me out. <laughs> I got shot with a rifle. Bob Dylan. So yeah. he screamed out, help, help, my family's dead. Somebody shot him or whatever. And one of the bar patrons hilariously said, uh, are you sure they're not sleeping? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, no. Bitch, I can smell their brains. <laughs> It smells like gunpowder and fucking chicken parmesan. I don't know. I was going to say what that smelled like, but you answered before I could ask. Chicken parmesan? There's brain matter in my Cheerios. They dead. Mm. Of course, their 300-count satin cheeks were soaked with blood. Their satin cheeks? Yeah, their satin cheeks. Their satin (laughs) cheeks and their Italian cheeks. (laughs) Okay. So everybody piled into the car after Ronald DeFeo made this proclamation and headed back to the house on 112 Ocean Avenue, which they really didn't need to do because, like I said, it was a block away. Yeah, they could just walk. But I guess they all wanted to be as Italian as possible and cram into their catalog. (laughs) (laughs) They wanted to listen to the new Frank Sinatra A-track that just came out. So they discovered the bodies there. Um... And upon subsequent investigation by the police, Ronald DeFeo was hauled in and suspicion of the murders. Because, I mean, you know. Well, probably because you mean uh, he Who did else it. could do it? Yeah, yeah, he's the one that did it. Well, at first, though, they actually had him in protective custody because he was claiming it was a mob hit because his, his father and his grandfather, Luis's um, father, uh, had some mob ties. Of course they did. Traditional Italian family in the 70s have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's got to be mob ties. Uh, Ronnie DeFeo Sr., he actually um, 
had two sets of books, one that the government would see, and then the other was the, the one that he would... It was like a bookie's book? Like a bookie's book for the mob. And I guess at one point, the, Ronnie DeFeo was uh, stealing money from the mob and the dealership that uh, they worked at together. So that's part of... That was part of his defense of, oh, yeah, it was a mob hit because they were coming after my dad because yeah. all the money he took. And uh, Ronnie DeFeo would come to say that he would anger a mob boss because he called him a cocksucker. And that's something you do not do to an Italian mob boss is call him a cocksucker. It is the worst possible thing that you can do. You should have watched The Sopranos. Right? He's a cocksucker. <laughs> I guess it's happened before then. Muri then. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he called him a cocksucker and probably insulted Rocky Balboa or something like that <laughs> and pissed him off. You don't talk about the Italian stallion. That'll get you shot. Yeah. With a Marlin rifle, apparently. But it's also, it's, it's, it's very important to note that Ronald DeFeo was a junkie of the highest caliber. Mm-hmm. He would do heroin. He would do LSD, uh, acid, cocaine, anything he could get his hands on. We'll say during the murders, maybe he was hepped up on acid. And he was shooting, like, you know, the meatball mafia, which he saw his family has. Well, one of the things he says is that the night of the murders, he was sitting down in their basement, because that's basically where he hung out, because they had, like, a pool table down there, and couches, and... and they got the whole Godfather series. He said that the night of the murders, a hooded, dark figure handed him the Marlin shotgun, or rifle, sorry, it was a rifle, and handed it to him and said, you know what to do. It was Teddy. Who was it? Teddy did it. <laughs> That's oh. racist! Sorry. That's Time traveling. <laughs> Sorry. We'll get to who handed it to him. That's, that's just the acid theories. talk. But yeah, that was probably the drugs. And of course, if a hooded dark figure hands you a rifle, you gotta kill your family. They're yeah, not gonna every have, time. You're not gonna be shooting squirrels in the backyard. It's gotta be for something more nefarious. <laughs> you gonna get on the news today, boy. So Take this shotgun. <laughs> so after they pressed him for hours and hours, of course, he maintained his innocence for a few hours, claiming that somebody else did it. Finally, he confessed to it all. He confessed that he had done it because he was tired of his father abusing him. Uh, he was tired of his unkept, nasty siblings leaving the toilet seat up and, you know, not flushing their shit down the toilet. This was actually his words. Is that real? Yes, he actually said they were pigs. They would never flush mm. the toilet. They were unclean. Don would steal his heroin sometimes. And God. <laughs> what, a, what a piece of shit, What sister. an asshole. Stealing his fucking smack. Let me Just tell you, medicine. if my sister touches my smack... <laughs> We're, um, she's gonna get the shotgun. <laughs> she's gonna get it. <laughs> I'm gonna shoot her or sleep. I'm show you the business end of my gut. If I have to wake up at 3 a.m. and shoot you for taking my heroin, well, by God damn it, I will. Well, he changed his story like he so many times. He flip flopped a lot. Oh, even after he admitted times. his guilt. He's like, I did it. No, I didn't do it. I was possessed by demons. Well, it might have been the acid. Well, it could be the heroin. Well, I overdosed on fucking Pina Regatta. Was there I a said, demon dog involved? No, no demon dog. No. There was a cat. Actually, same, same state, mm-hmm. different killer. Okay. There was a cat. I remember the. I don't remember the cat's real name, but it, he didn't like the cat, and he called it a pig. Yeah. Well, the cat will come into account later. He needs on. to get one of those C and say things. It, it tells you the difference between. Cats. <laughs> <laughs> the cow says "le moves." It's a French cow. <laughs> so after a year, he was uh, on trial for a year. 
And, of course, you know, overwhelming evidence against him. He was convicted of murder and sentenced to life in prison. He was given, like, six six sentences of second-degree murder or something like that, like, for 25 years. So, like, he's never getting out. He was fucked. He's not, he's not dead yet. No, he's still alive. He's, he's alive. He's very ratty looking. Yeah, he looks really bad. Like, last I heard, he wasn't doing too well. Oh, he's up there. So. Ritz been kicking up with the guy. Apparently, <laughs> last I heard. Keep the tabs. <laughs> well, you know. Well, she's got a Skype name. It's Rod Feo Six 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 Shotgun Blast, <laughs> <laughs> or something to that. Is he on Xbox Live? Yeah, he could be. Yeah, it's just <laughs> X Shotgun X. We've been playing. We've been playing the Thirteenth yeah. together. They call me the Amityville Shotgun Italian. <laughs> 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 but of course. The sleepy house of Amityville laid vacant until a family would move in two weeks to the day of his conviction, and that family was the Lutz, George and Kathy Lutz. Another nice family. This was their first house. They were starting a family. Um, This was Kathy's second husband, and he was trying to be a good father to all the kids. Got a good deal on a big-ass house in upstate New York. Wonder why. Oh, yeah, it was a steal. Some would say he made a killing from this Ooh. house. Ooh. Ooh. Singer. That was stupid. That was a dad <laughs> joke. Dad jokes. Well, it is Father's Day. <laughs> That's why I did it. So, of course, right off the bat, they noticed that something was completely wrong with this house. Maybe it could have been the hundreds and hundreds of flies that would manifest through different rooms of the house, and no matter how many times they would kill the flies, they would still return. And it was, you know, this was late fall, early winter in New York, so no reason for flies to be there. But no matter how hard they tried with the fly strips or the fly swatters or anything else, the flies would keep returning. Uh, It was... um, they had a priest come in there because, of course, George Lutz was told right off the bat that, you know, there was a family that was killed there a year earlier. That's why he got such a bargain on the house. I think he only paid, like, in those eighty like, or 90000 Yeah, the like, of course, those days, I mean, that was still quite a bit, but it was a steal. Oh, it was a huge house. <laughs> Basement, five bedrooms, maybe three bathrooms. It was a big place. had a nice big basement. Plenty big enough for, you know, this this family to move in. So, one of George Lutz's friends recommended that George contact a priest just to, you know, bless the house because of all the crazy shit. Well, he wasn't religious at all. You know, he was a former Marine, and his wife, though, she was the one that was, like, super Catholic and wanted to have the priest come in and bless the house. But, I mean, as the story goes... Uh, the priest was going through blessing room to room until he went to one room and he heard a voice right behind him say, Get out. Or maybe it was like, Get the fuck out of here. Hey, why are you fucking the in fuck my house, you goddamn fuck fucking fucking mook mooly wop. Get the fuck out fucking of my house. Fucking right in the head. Get the fuck out Flush of here. Flush, Flush the toilet. toilet. <laughs> <laughs> that actually makes me think of a scary movie, the second one when he's in there taking a shit, and that's why all the flies Help come. me to release these demons. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Get out. Flush the toilet. Spray. 
Make sure you do a courtesy flush. <laughs> Smells like fucking shit in here. Get out of here, you fucking oh, asshole. Fuck, I kill my family. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm gonna possess your ass. So, the priest, he got the fuck out of there. He got the fuck out of there as soon as he could. I don't know if he told anybody of his account of what he heard, or if he just got in his, like, Pope mobile and left fucking <laughs> as soon as he could. His Pope mobile? <laughs> he went from priest to Pope. <laughs> well, you know, Catholic, whatever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so... The next weird thing to happen is as they were unpacking, of course, they had a, a golden retriever with them, and they put him on a chain so that they could pack and he wouldn't, you know, go into the road or whatever. Well, there was a fence right where he was chained up, and the dog jumped a fence and almost hung itself. Yeah. Mm. Almost as if it was, you know, trying to run towards something or defend a family or of some sort. So, you know, they saved the dog, pulled him down from the chain, but this would be the predecessor in a whole series of escalating events. Of course, we mentioned the flies, but we mentioned the dog. What about that ooze coming from the walls? And they oh, said they yeah. saw some ooze coming that's from the walls. That's fake news. That's bullshit. It's fake news? <laughs> that didn't happen. Is that hashtag fake news? Yeah. It's that mainstream media. <laughs> they said there was a, a black ooze that would run from the walls. And there was a stench of rotting meat or, you know, dead flesh. They heard marching bands, too, in the middle of the night. That was kind of cool, actually. Yeah, that'd be fun. Joy yeah. Fletch said he would hear something that, sound, that sounded like an orchestra, like keying up all at once. I Something like that. I don't know. I mean, I mean, if there was a marching band in my living room, it'd be kind of cool. It always puts me in a good mood. Yeah, right. I mean, unless you're trying to sleep, then it can kind of get on your nerves. Mm. But whenever it's time to party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually halfway fucked up, so <laughs> all that kind of stuff's fun. It's a nice little out, thing. Yeah. yeah. Wait, you guys want to play some Xbox? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. As things would uh, escalate, of course, they saw the ooze. They also would... George Lutz was always cold for some reason. He was always just freezing. And he would always chop wood and make fires, even if it was... If, even if everybody said that they were, you know, weren't cold. If they were warm, he'd be like, well, I'm fucking freezing. So Probably I'm from all them wood. lies he's been telling. All them lies make you fucking cold. One of the things that did happen, and I guess it is documented, is the, the son. Was it Danny? Was his name Danny? The Daniel one, Lutz. Yeah, the, Daniel one of the Lutz. Ones. He did actually have the, the window come down on his hand. He didn't break any bones, but it did swell. He said his hand swelled up, and they did take him to the hospital. So there is the documentation of that, but they said it just slammed down. Like, it wasn't like, you know, like, you know, windows sometimes will kind of fall. It was yeah. like, slammed down. Slammed the fuck down. Yeah. His hands. It was like, <laughs> I've had a hand slammed in a car door before. It sucked. And of course, that's a reference to, there's a show, I believe it's on either Hulu or Netflix called My Amityville. And it's uh, the perspective of Daniel Lutz, the youngest boy who now is well into his late 40s. Yeah. But he said his hands were slammed in the door, but then when they were about to take him as he was bleeding to the hospital, he looked at his hands again, and it was magically nothing was there. Yeah. Presto changeo. What was Jesus? Jesus Christ. Jesus healed. That's why they bought that uh, priest over there. (laughs) You think it was Jesus? 
Probably not. Probably not. (laughs) He even says, you know, things happen, but not to the extent of what was claimed, but that's neither here nor there. So, there was an escal. There was a, a huge escalation, and they only stayed in there 28 days. On the 28th day, they packed up their stuff and left. They didn't even really. They didn't pack, even pack up their stuff. They, they got. Just they left. left with the clothes on their back and their dog, <laughs> and they left. And they so kids. all these events culminated with something that George Lutz won't even comment on to this day, which I think maybe he could have like attacked the family, maybe in you know the way that. Ronald DeFeo Jr. did with his family. Maybe he got a gun and was going to try to kill him or was trying to kill him in their sleep and then they, you know, all just left. Of course, I'd probably leave his ass there if he was trying to kill him. Yeah, me. I don't think I'd want to escape with him. But he won't go into any detail about what happened on the night. Well, you left. know, another thing, too, is uh, he said he kept waking up every day around, like, 3.14 or whatever time it was, which 3.14 has significance... Yeah, it's the exact mockery of the the time Jesus Christ supposedly died. Well, Austin 316 is when Jake the Snake got his ass whipped. I just whipped her out of auto line. So you need to know about that. And that actually goes back to, as, as the coroner say that, there's no exact time as far as when DeFeo killed his family. But it was around 3 a.m., and not many people knew those details. And that kind of comes into play later when the Lutzes met with that one guy. Yeah. So, this is when the media firestorm just, you know, completely blew up. Everybody caught wind of, you know, the paranormal events that surrounded the Lutz. And, of course, they already knew about the DeFeo family that had died a year earlier. Mm-hmm. They got murdered a year earlier. So... Psychics were called in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren, the famous demonologists, ghost hunters from The Conjuring and Enfield Poltergeist, they were brought in. They said it was a, like a psychic slumber party. Yeah. Which I think was just a bunch of people like, oh, what was that? Shh, you hear that? What was that? But there is that picture they got, though, that is really fucking creepy, where they had a camera that was taking uh, like the time-lapse pictures or whatever. Yeah. And there's a picture of like a little boy and his eyes are glowing. And they yeah, said that was creepy. It that, looked like they were creepy. glowing, but it also could be the glare off of glasses. glasses. And that's what I was thinking too, but there was no kids there. And there are people that say, yes, there were no kids there. And I mean, it's a little, it looks like a little boy. Yeah. It, they said it resembles, you know, one of the youngest DeFeo boys that was killed. I want to say it looked like Mark. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was Mark. But yeah. interesting enough. It probably was that. One of the psychics recanted, kind of slipped up when they were, you know, interviewing him later on, and he actually said, well, you know, my son, I took my son there so I could show him the ropes. And his son wore glasses, so mm. that brings in the whole, you know, glare theory off the glasses. I mean, at the end of the day, no one's, no one's going to really know the truth. I mean, no one's going to really know what happened. It's an know? interesting story. And while I do believe in residual hauntings, mm-hmm. you know, if something bad happens at a place, and if you move into it as soon as it happens, maybe those events will yeah. kind of play out. There could have been residual energy, definitely. But do I think, like, their house was like, get out, and they're Get out. Blue Why would a ghost, like, be that, I don't know, petty? Get out. Right. 
But no, I want but you. I, I, I want to haunt your ass. I do yeah. agree, though. Eddie Murphy said it best in one of his stand-ups in the early '80s. If a fucking house tells me to get out, I'm getting the fuck out. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not staying there. <laughs> white people are like, let's investigate. <laughs> no, I'm good. Not me. Not this white. I'm not about that life. I'm not about that life. I'd be the one to fucking be like, what? Who? who? What the who fuck the, you saying? Who the fuck you talking to? I paid eighty thousand dollars for this house. I paid good money for this goddamn fucking house, and I'm Teddy's a fucking not fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> Teddy investigate, that investigate my foot of some ghost ass. Teddy's about to exercise my bathroom right now. Mm-hmm. Every episode. Get every out. episode, yeah. Teddy takes a He's going in there to do that dance. And every time he leaves the bathroom, he's, flies he's, follow him. He's recreating the scene from Scary Movie 2 with the priest pooping in the bathroom. I'm exercising the bathroom. Get on out. Uh, then he's going to do the, um, the truffle shuffle. The truffle shuffle on the toilet, maybe, to break that log up. Oh. oh no. He didn't eat any beans. But one of the most famous lines you'll hear from this tale comes from Lorraine Warren, where she said, There is a evil from the bowels of the earth that lives here, and I hope this is as close to hell as I'll ever get. Well goddamn that sounds well, terrible. One of the things Horrifying. that's one of the thing that's that's weird too is they discovered is the, the red room. Uh, in the in the basement, it was this like boarded up room. Red rum. And there was like a old Victorian style well or whatever that was like they built. Basically, they built this house. Ding! <laughs> it's Chicken's done. Ready. So like when they built this house, apparently they're like we're gonna put this house right here. Oh, there's a well, so let's just build this room around it, and there you go. But yeah, there's like an old well, and and I think. One of the things she mentioned was the the spirits were coming out of the well. Well, it was a old Victorian hmm. spirit well. Those were yes. big back in the day. You yes, know, you'd have to pay extra if you've got a house with a spirit well. Oh, we've all seen those. I mean, Fuck. when me and Jay Styles bought our house here, you know, we had the option of a spirit well, and we were like, "Well, how much do we have to pay for that?" They were like, <laughs> "Well, no, it's going to be an extra like a thousand dollars." Like, it's no, like okay. Minecraft. Take the spirit well out. Okay, just relocate the ghost over, <laughs> you know, across the street or something. Well, the, 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 the land itself, though, actually has history. I mean, whether or not you believe in it, but the, the Shinnecock? The Shinnecock tribe, yes. The Indians, the Native Americans, excuse me, I'll be politically correct, uh, was a tribe that, uh, that land, uh, they banished their sick, sick, infirmed, and mentally ill there. Um, they were there for quite some years, and then at one point in the 1690s, John Kensham... Uh, took up residence on that land. Ketchum was actually tied to the Salem witch trials. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, New York's very close to, you know, Salem, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. so... Um, so people believe that there was a lot of black magic and stuff that went on um, on that land. Just a lot of dark, evil spirits. A lot of bad things. Because um, the actual house that's there now wasn't built until um, 1927 to 1928. Yeah. So there was all kinds of stuff built on that land before. And that also would kind of mm-hmm. coincide with one of the ghost hunters that was there supposedly said that he saw a Indian chief on a white ghostly horse, mm-hmm. supposedly. And honestly, like, Native American tribes did actually do that. You know, they didn't have insane asylums, so they had to banish their people somewhere, so, you know. Well, it's like when the English sent everybody to Australia because they were a bunch yeah. of assholes. <laughs> all the criminals to Australia. They're like, let's make this whole island into escape from New York. 
I don't like the way Runs with Scissors is looking at me wampum. <laughs> Send him to White Men's Scary House. So, yeah, I mean, there's been documented things about that land, you know, it does have a dark past. And I think that was also part of maybe part of what the Lutzes were kind of banking on. But I, did they know, though, that Ketchum, you think? I don't think they knew anything other than the murders that happened there a year before. It wasn't until, you know, of course they did some digging and found out all this other stuff. But the whole Shinnecock tribe, that's supposedly been debunked by an actual member of the Shinnecock tribe. His name is something like Tony Straight Arrow or something. Whoa, <laughs> Tony Straight Arrow. Tony Straight Arrow. He's a good guy, man. I'm going to buy a car from him. What a <laughs> fucking very lackluster name. <laughs> I am Tony Straight Arrow, and this is my brother... Johnny Crooked Arrow. <laughs> I mean, you know, regardless, even <laughs> Johnny's if... Johnny's got problems. E- even if that's not true, though, there is actual facts and history that does show that Ketchum did occupy that land at one point. Yeah. So, I mean, there is that. So, I mean, of course, we all know the truth about the Salem Witch Trials. Most of those people weren't witches. They didn't even practice the dark arts. But, I mean, there's a lot of dark history there, so... I mean, it's, it's very, very true that they could have fabricated a lot of the stories because the Lutz family, they got a lot of money off of just, you know, their, their book deal. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants to read about boring things, so you kind of elaborate on something. I mean, that's a great book. I don't know if you've ever actually read the Amityville Horror yeah. book. It's, it's a fantastic book, and, like, even if it's a bunch of bullshit, it's still a good story. Yeah. I mean, and I love the movie. I remember... It spawned a bunch of movies, Amityville, Amityville 2, 3D. God, I remember being a little kid the first time I ever saw that Amityville movie. I was probably, like, four or five, and just the part when blood's coming down the walls, I was just like, ugh. My mom's like just Kool-Aid, don't worry about it. You know, but I mean, even the movie was scary as fuck. I mean, it's... And of course it had the, the poster that said, for the love of God, get out of the house. Mm-hmm. So dramatic. For the love of fuck, what's the matter with you people? And then the pig with the glowing eyes. <laughs> yeah, one of the, the, the youngest daughter of the Lutz supposedly said that there was a demon uh, pig Yeah, named Joey. They look in through the windows upstairs. But supposedly that was actually just the next door neighbor's Persian cat that Ronald DeFeo would call the pig. It was a big fat ass cat and it would mm-hmm. climb the tree next to her window and just look in probably for food. Yeah, because it's like, but where did the name Jody come from? Because none of the DeFeo kids' names were Jody. Yeah. It was just a kid's imagination. Yeah. You know? I had an imaginary friend named uh, Mr. Boot Shoes when I was five. Mr. Boot Shoes. And he had fucking boots on his hand, and he had shoes on his feet. So it was, you know, Mr. Boot Shoes. Yeah, you're fucking weird, Sean. Yeah, well, you know, it's... There we go. That's that's true, but... Sorry. I didn't have imaginary friends, honestly. Teddy, did you have any imaginary friends when you were a kid? Mmm... My... <laughs> my mom said that I used to talk to my dead great grandmother all the time. Well, goddamn! Oh, that that's... would be a ghost. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was a ghost. I don't remember it. You know she what? She said though? that I would, like she would come in there in the middle of the night. She'd be like, "Who are you talking to?" And I would be like, "The scary, scary, creepy guy." No, great Graham. Man, yeah. It's really specific, but kids are very in tune with the paranormal. Supposedly, my uh, 
one of my really good friends, her her oldest son, Isaac, who of course was like three at the time, used to talk to the old lady. We'd be like, oh, where is she? And he'd point, and we'd be like, oh, that's creepy. Oh, that's Martha the cat lady. But she the messed up street. thing is, the, her grandmother died in that house. <laughs> so he would say, yeah, and he would describe her, and she was like, that's that's grandma. Oh, man. Oh, that's great. <laughs> You know, and, and, and that house was weird. You'd wake up in the middle of the night, and it would look like there was, like, a shadow person standing in the doorway. Well, Jesus Christ. I got drunk and passed out that house a few times. <laughs> That's and, what I would do. Yeah, but that was the only way to sleep there. Yeah. If you weren't drunk, you couldn't sleep. Jay Styles, <laughs> did you have an imaginary friend or a, you know, departed relative you used to talk to when you were a kid? No, I had an imaginary pet dog that I used to walk on a rope. What's his name, Mr. Wolf Wolf? I don't remember. That would be a great name for an imaginary dog. I would <laughs> Sergeant name, Milk Bones. I would name my imaginary dog Cutie Patootie Pie. <laughs> ghost is like, I know I'm cute. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, we have a, uh, a ghost dog that lives at our house right now. Supposedly, everybody that comes here sees him. I've seen him many Very times. strange. They can so, hear them barking. Are we gonna? Yeah, I'm sure we'll go there. But about the other theories about the DeFeo killing, mm-hmm. or killings rather. Uh, I well, think the dude did it. I'll elaborate well, on that. Well, so one of the theories is okay. So it, it is actually very well documented. Uh, Ronnie DeFeo Senior was very abusive. I yeah. mean, bad. Like he would throw Ronnie DeFeo around, and we'll call him Butch. Yeah. So we don't confuse. Big Ronnie for little Ronnie. So Butch DeFeo yeah. was the son. Yeah. So Ronnie DeFeo would beat on his kids, on his wife. At one point, um, Butch talks about they were at dinner. They were at the dinner table eating, and he dropped his napkin, and he went down to pick it up. And when he came up, Ronnie DeFeo said. Pal, right in the kisser. Yes, but he said, did I? Did you ask permission to leave the table? And he was like, well, I was just getting my napkin. At which, that point, Ronnie DeFeo just grabs him by the neck and pushes him against the wall and is, like, choking him and beating the shit out of him. That was one of the instances. There was another time um, Butch wasn't even living there. Um, he got a phone call from... It was either Don or his mom, I can't remember, and said... Dad's gone off the deep end. We need you to come home. He gets there. His mom had been, like, pushed down the stairs. She was bringing the laundry down or up or one or the other. And, like, he pushed her. Don pulls a knife on him at one point. And then um, Ronnie fell over. And then she went to his aid. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? What this the guy, fuck are you doing? He's like, hey, what Get the, the fuck? Get the fuck out of here. He's like, why are you defending him? He just beat the shit out of you and everyone else. And you're defending him. And then that's kind of at the point when they were like, you know what? We need to, we need to take him out. Um, well, that's just traditional Italian family values. Yeah. So apparently it was that night. Um, Ron, uh, Butch went downstairs to the basement like he always did. And, you know, they had there was a couple of their friends over. They're all hanging out out there. Don comes in and says, "You know what? It's time. We we've got to we got to kill him. We got to take him out." Hmm. So it was him, Don, Butch, Don, and one of their friends were like, "All right, we're gonna kill him. We're gonna do this." So later that night, family's asleep. They go upstairs. Supposedly, it was Don that shot the dad, and then the mom woke up, 
was either he shot her or she, I can't remember. One so of there them was shot two, Was there two guns used? Yes, so, but yeah, that's what it was. Two of the same so, gun. It, well, no, there was one that was a thirty-five, and I think the other was like a forty. Two was there a forty-two? Were any of the like casings? Like a handgun. Any of the casings like taken like or anything 45? like that? Could have been. Was it a forty-five? I I don't know. So, but the the initial shot didn't kill Ronnie. He gets up. They shoot him again, and he dies. So they're like, "Okay, we did this. We need to cover this up." So Ronnie leaves to go clear his head, get some drugs, whatever. And I guess in the time that he and his friend left, when he comes back, the rest of the family's dead except for Don. So they had a scuffle, and he kills Don, and they say that's why she was shot in the head. She was the only one that was shot in the head. He was so mad at her because she went on a rampage and killed the family, and that's not what they agreed upon. Yeah. So that's well, this, one. That, this is just basically him recanting a story right. and trying to place the blame on somebody else. But, I mean, if that was the case and they both, you know, used guns to kill the family, they would have found more than one showcase. But the other gun belonged to his friend. His friend was actually questioned with him when the cops initially came and got them. Mm -hmm. They questioned him, too, and supposedly his friend bought his, brought his handgun to the dealership and had them melt it down. Mm. But in 2012, they did find a handgun, like an old rusted handgun, in, like, the the river, lake, whatever it was, behind the Amityville house. Well, it's New York, so I'm pretty sure guns Yeah, and there's all probably time. guns everywhere. They're just floating down from just New York Cadillacs City. Cadillacs in there, you know. Yep, everybody just tosses their gun and just floats down somewhere. I mean, it seems like a plausible theory that Don did help. I mean, it makes sense. Well, I mean, that would bring into the, you know, the account of how come nobody heard this and how come nobody's... Because one of, the, one of the things he says is, is when they killed the parents, he told Don, you know, go put them back to bed. Tell them, you know, it's a storm or something. Go put them back to bed. So it kind of makes sense that there was someone else there to control the kids. Because, I mean, I'm sorry. If I'm sleeping in this big-ass house and someone's in there shooting fucking guns, it's gonna I'm going to wake too. up. Because <laughs> the gun that was used, the Marlin, I mean, not only would the neighbors hear it, but people down the street would hear it because it's a fucking ear blower, pretty much. So it makes sense that there was help. You know, she would go and call the kids like, oh, it's okay, it was just thunder, whatever. And then, you know, he leaves, and this is when they're going to do the whole theory of it was a mob hit. He comes back. Don's like, well, I'm just going to seal the deal. He gets pissed off at her and kills her. It's like, well, I got bored. You weren't here, and, you know, I wanted to have all the fun myself, so. She wasn't trigger happy. Maybe she was on drugs, too. What are you mad about? I did this for you. You know, you don't have to fucking get your hands dirty. You can go do your heroin down in the basement and fucking... Talk to Jody the fucking pig demon if you want. <laughs> and maybe, listen to the marching band. Maybe the Indian chief on the horse will let you ride the horse. Fun yeah. times. Fun times for everybody. <laughs> ride a horse. At the Amityville house. But yeah, I mean, that's one of the theories, you know. And there's all different types of theories, but I mean, cut and paste pretty much. Ronald DeFeo is a stupid junkie. So it's quite possible he just could have been out of his mind, drugged up, and just, you know. And his whole paranoid way of thinking, maybe he thought that his father was going to kill him eventually in the family. So he kills the father, and in an act of fucked up mercy, he spares the whole family by killing them before the father can kill them. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, 
from what I hear, though, or what I've heard and read, he loved his siblings. Yeah, he loved his mom and all that. He loved his mom. I don't know about Dawn, but I know he definitely loved She's his mom and bitch. sister. Well, apparently she was pretty obnoxious. I mean, that's that. I mean, I rest in peace, Dawn, whatever, but there's, there's so many different stories about she was at one point going to escape with her boyfriend. He moved to Florida because, you know, all New Yorkers moved to Florida. It happens. Just saying. And she wanted to escape with him to get away, and he left and was like, bitch, you stay here. You can't come with me. I don't know. There's also the instance where there might have been some type of incestuous relationship between Don and Butch DeFeo, maybe? I hope not. Because they were always close. Some would say maybe too close, touchy-feely. Maybe they were just going to go off and, you know, do something. Have some flowers in the attic bullshit. Have a retarded Jason Voorhees baby. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what I would love to do after we talk about how our parents are our parents. Mm. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I would like. (laughs) Well, they actually, in that second Amityville movie, has anyone here seen it? The old one or the new one? The old one. Was it that one about that house? And flies. <laughs> no, there was a second movie that was supposed to be basically about him and his sister having the incestuous relationship. The father was abusive. The mother was like, oh, it's okay. He doesn't mean it. That movie was basically supposed to be that theory about the incestuous relationship. Yeah. It could have been. You know, uh, that movie was actually pretty decent until the end when he like turned into this weird monster thing. <laughs> I didn't really understand why they felt the need to. Are you sure you weren't watching The Fly and it was just Jeff Goldblum? No, and he didn't puke on anyone. No, man, that would be kind of awesome, though. Mm, I think the kid was a junkie and killed his whole family. And that's the bottom line. That's it. I don't know. I kind of, I do kind of believe there was help, whether it was Don or it was his friend. I mean, it just, it makes sense, because I'm sorry, a Marlin 35 is, is, is getting, you know, shot off in the house. Why, did, wake the, up. why did the brothers? Why did the other kids not wake up and be like, "Holy fucking!" Not shit, even the neighbors up? didn't hear anything. Nobody right. heard anything. So to me, I feel like yes, there was someone there helping to control the environment. It maybe. could be, yeah, and of maybe. course, New York police in the seventies, a murder happens. They got a junkie son, pretty cut and paste. They won't, you know, delve into it any deeper. And that happens a lot of times. You see with a lot of different cases, there's mm-hmm. more to it than, you know, what they say. Yep. And they just overlook it all. Yeah. Like more than meets the eye? Yeah, like Transformers. Oh, it is shit. Amityville Horror House turns into a shotgun. That'd be kind of scary. But, I mean, it's a very sensational story, and I want to believe there's more to it than what there is. But there's not. But it just no, doesn't you know, add up. Yeah, I mean, and it's like you said, you know, I mean, they moved in not that long after the murders happened. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there could have been residual energy. I mean, it's extremely possible. It was a very brutal, violent murder. Like, I mean, it was like six people were murdered. I mean, it's... it's. But after that, after the Lutzes moved out, and there's been six or seven other families that have moved in since and had no... No issues. whatsoever. Well, I remember, God, this is probably the late 80s, early 90s, there was a TV special, and I wish I could remember which news organization did it. They went in the house and basically stayed overnight. They didn't find shit. They didn't get anything on film. No. Nothing. 
But I remember that, and it was just like, okay, waiting for something to happen. Okay, nothing's happening. And this is, was, of course, the days Did they call any of the ghosts a bitch or say fuck you to any of the spirits? Because Zach Baggins gets results when he does that. Right? I mean, no one was wearing affliction. I mean, this was like... like you were a pussy when you died. <laughs> did oh. they open up a can of Chef Boyardee? Maybe so the house did the sell last year, and it was on the market for $850,000. That's a steal! I, if, if I had that money, I would have I would have bought it. Yeah. I'm like, come on, guys, I'm buying this house. It's all going to move in. I'd buy it, and I would fucking capitalize on it. I would mm-hmm. make it into kind of a museum. Yeah, pretty much. like the Lizzie Borden. Turn it into a fucking haunted house like they do with Waverly Hills here. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, dude. Exploit it. Yeah, I would... I would I mean, I Exploit would, not, I would honestly probably tear down the house, rebuild it in the model of it, and fucking make it and turn Jamie into an attraction. And Jamie would open up a gift shop. <laughs> <laughs> she would sell t-shirts. Jamie, God, I would turn that Jamie could dress up like attraction. the departed DeFeo wife and cut hair with a bullet hole in her chest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tear down the house because actually I've seen someone did like a modern... Well, they took pictures of it recently. It's actually, they've, they've remodeled it the inside. It's actually a very nice house. Oh, yeah. So, but someone did, like, a 3D replica simulation walking through the house. I wouldn't remodel it, but I'd probably put those windows back. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The windows were what set the house apart. Yeah, they changed the windows. I mean, pe- the thing that's so messed up is, like, after the murders happened, people were, like, camping out on their fucking yard. I see, oh, and, I like, see something up there. stealing pieces of the house. Like, let me just rip <laughs> the siding off. Like, motherfucker, do you know how expensive siding is? I want you to distract that fucking cop up there, and I'm going to steal their mailbox. <laughs> I'm going <gonna> st- <laughs> <laughs> to steal their boathouse. Like the entire boathouse. Yeah. I see something up there in the window. Oh, wait, no. It's a, cleaning it's a nice lady. house. It's the cleaning lady. The ghost of a cleaning lady? No. That's pretty sad when you, you have to, like, change the outside of your house and the house number just to keep people away. But people still know. You can Google you can Google Earth right now, 108 Ocean Avenue, and you can see it. The house doesn't even look the same as any other house is pretty much on the... The aerial view it does. I mean, you can change the windows. The boathouse is still there, too. Yeah, the boathouse is still there. I mean, it's it's that... Honestly, the newest movie pretty much captured the exact layout of the whole house pretty perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, even the back, so... Well, the, the eyes, the house's eyes, is actually not... The front of the it's house is the side, of the, side of the house. Yeah. So if you look at the front of the house, it looks like It's laid out all weird. Yeah. If you look exactly like from street, it looks like a completely different house. Yeah. But that's because it's like not the actual. Yeah, the boathouse is still there. There's still a pool. Um, but the 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 DeFeos had actually lived there since like 1965. It was High Hopes. Yeah, they called um, it High Hopes, which you know how ironic. Yeah, with, <laughs> with Butch's drug problem. But they 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 left the city to move there to basically start over, and everyone just went. I started over all right in hell. <laughs> Burn in hell! <laughs> but it is one of the most captivating stories that you'll ever read. You can, there's countless documentaries, countless movies that you can watch based on it. And you can draw your own conclusions, you know, as to whether you believe that there are rational things that could have happened or if it was just straight up residual paranormal activity. Like I said, we'll never we'll never really know what happened. I mean, we will never know exactly what happened on that night in November. Yep. You know, what happened? Did Don help? Was it Ronnie? Did he just do it all by himself? Was it both of them? Did their 
Did their friend help? We'll, we'll never know. Fact versus fiction. Mm-hmm. But draw your own fiction from the facts and your own facts from the fiction. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. I got you. I made sense to me, so fuck it, we're going with it. But this is probably one of the most captivating things. I love reading about it. I suggest you go check out My Amityville. Nightmare. Um, just My Amityville Nightmare. I think My Amityville Horror. Um, there's there's a few. Um, you can even YouTube. Yeah, um, lots of things on YouTube. Yeah. But that was uh, our episode on the Amityville Horror. I hope it put a chill in your bones and a ghost in your ass. Hmm. That sounds yeah. painful. <laughs> but I am your host, as always. Sean, Wolf Party, get out. Martin? I am Teddy, and I've never been scared of a house. And he loves his fidget spinner. Yeah. I am ruthless, and um, I wish the house still had the eyes. I'm Kentucky Corey, and I'll fucking jizz in that house's eyes. If I ever <laughs> <laughs> so how about that? Fuck those eyes. <laughs> I didn't know what else to say. Come we on. We have a Jamie. <laughs> Executioner. <laughs> like our social media, listen to us, download us, rate us on iTunes, and get the fuck out of my face. We do definitely <laughs> appreciate your downloads, but please don't forget to like us on freaking Facebook. I told you about that begging shit, Ruth. Alright, enough groveling. Good damn yeah. bye. Bye! Bye! bye.